God is with us. Tell your neighbor, he's with me. Have you ever had folks who were with you, but they weren't with you? Anybody glad for a God that's with you? Come on, give him praise if you're glad he's with you today. Amen. Thank you, guys. Nicole, that was beautiful. Don't miss tonight. Tell your neighbor, don't miss tonight. If you're ready for the word, shout, bring it on. Take your Bibles. Go to Psalms 133. I have a download from heaven. How many of you are believing that 2018 is going to be a powerful year in your life? Come on, make a little noise if you're claiming a great 2018. I'm excited about this next season, about this new season. Uh, Calvary is becoming more dangerous than we've ever been. And we're going to be that way because you're becoming more dangerous. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk to you today from Psalms 133. Get there as quickly as you can. I feel like I've got a download from heaven. Honestly, first service was absolutely phenomenal. So all I can tell you is get ready. Push your neighbor and say, get ready. The Bible says here in verse one, behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren, watch this, and the sisterin. <laughs> the brethren and the sisterin to dwell together in what? Unity. Look at what David declares. It is like the precious oil, the ointment, the anointing oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge, the skirts, the hem of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. Watch this, for there, somebody say there. There, somebody shout there. There the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. I feel like I'm speaking prophetically. I'm gonna be talking about how our church is gonna grow bigger by getting smaller, but I'm gonna talk directly to you today. And it came alive to me, this third verse, for there the Lord commanded his blessing. Some of you don't realize it, and you've been looking at there like there is a far off. There is somewhere that's gonna be somewhere in 2019, somewhere a year from now, somewhere two years from now. But the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation, and I'm declaring it over you and me. There the Lord commands his blessing. Look at your neighbor. I'm going to let you announce this title to your neighbor and say, neighbor, get ready. This is my there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my season. I believe God is about to take me into 2018 and I'm going to see some blessings there. Make a little noise if this is your there. Oh, you got to have a little more in you than that. I said, make a little noise if this is your there. Great looking crowd, raise up your hands. Father, release anointing in this house. May the name of Jesus be glorified. May I clearly articulate everything you want said. God, I pray that our people will feel more connected and the need to be more connected than they've ever been. And we'll give you praise. Somebody give the Lord a great praise. Give him a shout and be seated. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there, somebody say there, there the Lord commands the blessing life forevermore. One of the great realities that I know about the Christian walk is this, y'all, and listen to me. We are not to make it alone. We need each other. 
Come on. That old song in the 70s said, I get by with a little help from my friends. We need each other. You know, I was reading about the redwood tree. It's the largest living thing on planet Earth. The California redwood tree, the largest that's ever been discovered is 380 feet high. That'd be about 38 stories. It's huge. It's more than 25 foot in diameter. Listen to me. More than 25 foot in diameter. And the amazing thing about these massive trees that most grow over 300 feet is they don't have a deep root system. You would think that a tree three to 400 feet high would have a deep and intense root system. In reality, their roots are very, very shallow. But if you notice something about them, they grow very close together. And the truth is their root systems go out about 100 feet and they intertwine with each other. And then when the storms come and the winds come and the situations come that would knock that tree down, those trees are so connected to each other that what would take one out can't take all of them out. Look how close they are. And see, the enemy wants you isolated. He wants you by yourself so that when storms come and when trouble comes, you blow right down. But in this next season, Calvary is about to intertwine. We're gonna have better relationships. We're gonna get connected to each other. Hear me in this room. God never intended for us to go through life alone. And when we are connected together, when the storms come, we're gonna be able to stand together. Hallelujah. When tough times come, we're gonna be able to stand together. See, connection with the right people actually help stabilize your life. And one of the weapons the enemy wants to use against us in these days is the weapons of isolation. Isolation means this. It means to be separated. Watch it now. To be segregated, to be detached, to be secluded, to be cut off. The enemy wants to get you by yourself. He wants to separate you and alienate you and get you alone because he knows if he can do that, he will overcome come you in the toughest of times. But here's what I've come to understand. We are better together. Push your neighbor and say, we are better together. Now, I love Psalms 133. I was transfixed by this text this week as I studied it. And you know, I read the entirety of Psalms 133. It's only three verses long, but it's incredibly powerful. And if you understand uh, Psalms 133, it speaks of togetherness and unity. Because the background of what's happening here, when David penned the Psalms, Israel was at one of the most critical times in her history. David had been actually or was being crowned king of a united Israel. Before David became king of all Israel, after Saul died, he first became king of Judah. And the Bible said that there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. In other words, Judah was warring with the other tribes, but David was crowned king of Judah first. You know what Judah means? Judah means praise. And I'm going to tell you, before you reign in any other areas in your life, you need to be king of praise first. 
Some of y'all are trying to have breakthrough without praise. You're trying to get victory without praise. You're trying to reign without praise. But you need to be king of Judah first. Is there anybody here that's going to be king of praise? You got a praise? Come on, lift up a praise right now. There, at this moment when David penned these words, there was a divided monarchy. There was a national and political quagmire. And David writes this psalm at his coronation, it is read. And he cries out, hear me now, for the people to have unity. He cries out for people to get together. And David here is not just talking to any people, but he's talking to the people of God. And he calls for the people of God to lay aside division to lay aside everything that keeps them sharply divided and critical of one another and to come together in unity. Not only had David written this to his nation, but it would be told out that this would become a testament to his own family because even his own sons, if you know about his sons, Abnon in particular, and Absalom and Adonai, they all acted more like enemies than families. And in fact, there was one of his sons who murdered another one of his sons. And here's what I know. Hell rejoices every time the people in the church, every time people in the church act more like enemies than the family of God. The enemy wants us to act like enemies with other churches, enemies with other ministries, and enemies with people that we disagree with even in the, our own church. But my brothers and my sisters, we are the family of God. We're from different cultures. We're from different backgrounds. Backgrounds. We're from different, different people groups, but at the end of the day, we are all the family of God. Red, yellow, black, and white, Hispanic, come on. Asian, can I get a witness? African-American. If you're a part of the family of God, make a little noise in the house. See, if you're, if you're coming to church and still caught up in what color somebody is or what background somebody has, you're in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday with the wrong pastor on the wrong day. But if you're just glad to be around folks who are washed in the blood of the Lamb, then you came to the right house. Lord, have mercy. Hear me in this room. We can't let the enemy divide us. And I'm talking to you about a new season of connection at Calvary. I'm talking to you about small groups and empowering you. And we are uniting for the greatest agenda of all, the agenda of the kingdom. We want to manifest the kingdom, not just in this room. But we want to take the kingdom of God outside of this room. And how many of you know we are called to influence the culture? So we want to influence our community. We want to influence this region. And we got to take the kingdom to do it. And, and you need to write this down. You nor I alone do a kingdom make. You can't be a kingdom all by yourself. John Dunn said, no man is an island. Maybe you think you're an island, baby. If you think you're an island and you can do it all by yourself, not only are you not an island, you fantasy island. Can I get a witness? I told first service, tell your neighbor, Calvary is not fantasy island. Yeah, yeah, this is not fantasy island. My name is not Mr. Rourke and John is not tattoo. Can I get a witness in the house? The plane, the plane. Some of y'all are old enough to remember that. All y'all are 12 in here, come on. This is not Fantasy Island. You can't make it by yourself. We need one another. We are stronger together. We are dangerous to the kingdom of darkness when we come together. 
And let me say this to you. I don't care what title you give me. You can call me bishop. You can call me pastor. You can call me apostle. You can call me prophet. You can call me whatever you want to call me, doctor. Come on, somebody. I'm not even an RN. Can I get a witness in the house? But if you want to call me doctor, call me doctor. The title does not matter. You can call me by whatever you want to call me. But here's what you've got to understand. God has not anointed one person to make the church all that it is. I don't care how gifted a preacher is. I don't care how articulate he is. I don't care how well he works his hermeneutics and homiletics and exegetics and theologically sound. And he's got more degrees than a thermometer. Come on, somebody. He cannot do it by himself. I cannot do this without you. I need you desperately. This church is not built just on me preaching or Pastor John and our worship team leading worship. We are going to take this community together. We are going to do this together. Hallelujah. And I got 12 people that believe it. Who believes it? See, I don't want this church to be just a collection of strangers that meet on Sunday. Just a collection of people who pass on a Sunday and then we leave like we've never been together. We walk out like we've never been together. Listen, we become apart when we do not come apart when we part. We become a part when we do not come apart when we part. Let me tell you something. When we leave here, we leave here as children of of the living God. We are the body of Christ. We are not going to be alienated from one another, separated from one another. That's why we've got to build relationships in this church's body, in this building, watch this, and outside of this building, in this room, and then all through our communities in small groups. Here's what I'm believing for, and I need some radical people who will believe it with me. Is this the radical service? I better ask you one more time. I know we're not in Orlando. We're not in New Smyrna Beach. We're here at Calvary. This is the last service on this campus. Here's what I'm wondering. Is this the radical service? Look at your neighbor and say, this is the radical row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the row behind me or the row in front of me, but this is the radical row. Here's what we need, church. We need radical people who will radically come together. And we want to take the power of God outside of this room. When our small groups meet all over the community, we want to take this kingdom culture outside of these four walls. Now, let's rehearse our text. We're in Psalms 133. And David, so gifted, so eloquent. He was a, he was a poet and the warrior. Come on. He, he would kill you and then write a song about it. Can I get a witness in the house? But, but he penned these words in Psalms 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in what? Shout it out. Unity. Now, now the Spirit of God gives us many gifts. I'm thankful for every gift that God has given to the church. Every gift of the Spirit, every gift of healing and miracles and wonders, the Spirit of God gives us many gifts. But the greatest gift we give back to the Spirit, watch this, is unity. It's unity in the house of the Lord. Can I say this? Preaching is not the greatest gift. Unity is greater than preaching. Unity is greater than singing. 
Unity is greater than vision. Okay, unity is greater than buildings. Unity is greater than tithes. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Unity is greater than big offerings because it doesn't matter how great the preaching is. It doesn't matter how great the singing is, the vision is, the building is, or how big the budget is. If we're not in unity, we can't accomplish anything anyway. If we don't come together, we will be fruitless. The test of unity, you know what the test of unity is? Not whether or not you can agree with somebody. You don't agree with everybody on your road. But the truth is you don't agree with everybody in your family. The fact is sometimes you don't even agree with yourself. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. It's not what the test of unity is not whether or not you can agree with someone. It's not whether or not you can get someone to agree with you or do get them to do what you want them to do. Here's the real question. The question is, can you hang in there with people God has called you to be a part of and love and love them and love them even when you don't like them? Oh, I'm about to come down there and amen myself. Even when their Facebook post gets on your last nerve, even when you want to punch the computer, hello, I wish I could talk to real people. Can you love folk that times you don't like? Because the truth is, you're not going to like everybody all the time. You're not, you're not going to think everybody's great all the time. But when it's all said and done, there is a higher agenda in this house. It is not a political agenda. It is not a social motivation. We are building the kingdom of heaven, and we are glorifying the name of Jesus, and we are magnifying what God wants to do in this community. We are a part of a higher agenda. Agenda. Come on, give God a shout if you're with me today. Here's what I've come to understand. There is nothing. Somebody say nothing. What is nothing? Nothing is two words. It's no thing. And there is no thing that the church cannot accomplish as long as we stay unified as the body of Christ. That's the power of unity. And listen to what David declares. He declares here in the second verse, it is like the precious oil, the anointing oil, the ointment that came down upon the head, the beard, running down the beard to the skirts, the edge, the hem of Aaron's garments. Now this is powerful. This, uh, this anointing or anointment David is referring to here is actually the holy anointing oil from the Old Testament. It's made up of four parts, but, but it can only be used, these four parts, could only be used to the full extent of their value when they were unified and came together. And I wanna say as we approach this new season of small groups and community, understand this, you will never achieve your maximum potential, your greatest victories, and your highest purpose for God if you commit to being isolated. You'll never become all that God has called you to become. Look at me in the eyes. We are stronger together. Our anointing increases when we come together. Our effectiveness magnifies when we come together. Each ingredient of this anointing oil was powerful, but as I researched it out, these ingredients had to come together, and each ingredient actually pointed to unity. It pointed to community. Now, now watch this. The first ingredient was myrrh and myrrh is a bitter root and the word myrrh means more anybody believing for more in the next season 
Okay, I'm asking again. I said, anybody believing for more in the next season? Now watch this, here's a couple of lessons. First, myrrh was a fragrant resin that oozed from the myrrh shrub. This was called a bitter shrub, and it was a shrub of the origin of the word. It literally, the word myrrh, the origin of that word, literally means to be bitter or bitterness. And God showed me something very powerful here, because bitter, bitter at times to me can represent hard times, bitter seasons. Have you ever gone through bitter seasons? Have you ever gone through bitter times and hard times? But here's what the Lord showed me. He said, when we come together, our bitter times, our hard times become more bearable. Proverbs says that a brother is born of adversity. See, anybody can stay with you when everything is going good. But when you're hanging on to heaven with hell on your back and everything is going wrong, that's when you find out who your friends really are. The Bible said a brother is born in adversity. You find hope together because when you come together with others, here's what you realize. Nobody's life is perfect. I said nobody's life is perfect. Their mother-in-law is as crazy as yours. Come on, somebody. Their children are acting crazy too. See, we see this picture of people and we don't realize that everybody's dealing with something. Everybody is going through something. And you find out in a real world, watch this, even saved folk who look like they got it going on deal with bitter times. Even saved folk who love Jesus, who seem like they got it going on. Man, some of y'all in here, people are looking at you and saw you praise and worship and you saw you having children church and they don't realize that this week has been a week that has been intense and challenging. Here's what I found out very often. The people that bring the most radical praise are those that are fighting the greatest battles. And the truth is that's why you can't judge anybody's praise because you don't know what they're trying to get to to help them get through. Because the reality is if you were facing what they were facing, you'd be praising God too and saying, God, I got to get you here to fix it. One side note, God don't show up in nothing but praise. He doesn't show up in complaining. He doesn't show up in attitude. But if you will clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph, if you will let the redeemed of the Lord say so, God said, I'll step up in that. But here's the truth, precious. When you connect with others, you realize that none of us are immune to bitter times, including me. See, here's the reality. Understand me today. We become so much more when we join together. The word myrrh there means more. And your more is... Some of you, you don't realize that your more season is connecting to right relationships. It's going to be connecting to the right people. But then the second ingredient was sweet cinnamon. And the root word for cinnamon means to stand upright. It means to stand upright. And as we go throughout this community, as we start small groups all over this region, we're going to stand upright in our community. When we connect with others who are living right, come on. Okay, I got three people say amen. Who are living right, who ain't making booty calls. Can I get a witness in the house? Who don't have a woman on the side? Y'all, I wish I could talk to real people. 
who ain't acting crazy, who are saying, Lord, I'm not perfect, but I'm gonna do everything I can to live what the Bible says. You're gonna get with people who have conviction, who, have, who live righteously. It's gonna enable us to come together and stand upright. Here's what I know. This year, as this church connects and meets throughout our communities, we're gonna stand upright in a downfallen world. We're gonna show them a Jesus in this city. We're gonna show them a power that can change their lives. If you wanna be a part of that, make a little noise in the room. Now, check it out. Sweet calamus, calamus means a reed or a rod or, a, or the branch of the golden candlestick in the Old Testament. See, there are a couple of lessons here. We're talking about the anointing oil. And first you see a reed and you think of a reed as being very flimsy. But the Bible says that John the Baptist appeared to be only a reed that would be shaken in the wind. But under the anointing, he spoke. He prepared the way for Jesus. And when he spoke, King Herod's heart trembled. Moses carried a shepherd's rod. But under the anointing, when he stretched that rod out over the Red Sea, it parted. And I'm telling you, together. Somebody say together. Together under the anointing, we're going to become more powerful in our lives and in our homes and in our communities. And we're going to take that power out of this building and into the world. But the word calamus also means that the, like a, the branch of the candlestick, the golden candlestick in the Old Testament. Do you see that the oil came down the base and it was poured in the middle, but as it filled up, every branch was filled and went out. And let me tell you something, this might be the base, this might be, this might be the, the, the trunk of the tree, but you are the branches, glory to God. And when you leave here, the anointing does not stay here. Ugh. I said, when you leave here, the glory does not stay here. When you leave here, the power does not stay. Stay here. How many of you understand that God is omnipresent? That doesn't mean, that means he's everywhere all at once. When he's omnipresent, that doesn't mean that his kneecap is in Ormond and his elbow uh, is in Palm Coast. It means everything he is is everywhere he is all at the same time. So I'm trying to tell you that when you leave here, the same stuff that's in this room is gonna get in your car with you when you walk out of this place. Somebody give God some glory in the house. I don't want something that just works here. I don't want something that's just working on Sunday or Wednesday or when I'm in the room, but I want something that's on me so that when my child is fevered, I can put my hand on his head and say in the name of Jesus, you gotta be healed right now, glory to God. These small groups are gonna be branches of anointing, glory to God, branches of power, branches that we will take all over this region. Now, then the fourth ingredient is an ingredient called cassia, and cassia means to be bowed down. It symbolizes worship. Did you know that your worship doesn't stop in this room? Come on, somebody. And when we do these small groups, we're gonna take worship everywhere. If you're sitting at Starbucks, if you're sitting in, in Panera, if, if your small group is a, a, a golf group, if your small group is a sewing group, come on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I wanna have a fried chicken group. 
I'm going to be president of the chicken frying committee. I nominate myself. All in favor say aye, aye, I'm the president. You know fried chicken sounds good, Dom, for lunch, doesn't it? It does. Are we having that? No, we're not. We're having fried chicken. Look what the Lord has done. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Y'all, I'm about to shout. I done lost where I was at. Come on. See, we're going to take this worship experience outside of these doors. That now, now you're, wherever your small group is, it's going to be a worship experience. That doesn't mean Pastor John is going to show up and start leading worship at the Piccadilly. Come on, somebody. But what's going to happen when you open your Bible, read a verse, say a prayer, you're going to show everybody in that room that there is a name that you believe in and there is a God that you serve. How many of you wanna take your worship outside of this room? Come on, let me hear from you if that's you. Now, look at verse two. Describing this anointing oil. It is like the precious ointment, the oil, the anointing oil that came upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running to the edge, the hem, the skirt of his garment. Now the Bible says, that the whole holy anointing oil flowed over Aaron's head. It went to his beard and then down to the hem of his garment. But watch this. The greatest accumulation of oil, it was not on the head of the priest. The greatest accumulation of oil was at the hem of his garment. It wasn't at the head. Somebody say it was at the hem. Now let me tell you this, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. The anointing can come on me as the head of the church. It can and it should, and I want it to. But the strongest anointing does not accumulate at the head. The strongest anointing, it flows down, and it accumulates at the hem. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Hear me in this room. It, the oil collects at the hem at the bottom of the garment in the gospels the woman with the issue of blood said if I can just touch the hem of his garment oh glory be to God if I can just get to the hem see some of y'all think that it's all right here at the head but let me tell you where the real power is the real power is at the hem it doesn't stop with me it may start with me as the head of this church underneath Christ as the under shepherd in this house it flows on me but the greatest anointing this church has to offer is not an anointed me behind the pulpit it's anointed it's an anointed you carrying the presence of God to this community Ugh. we are not dangerous when the anointing comes on me and stays on me but when it comes on you and then you take it outside of this room that's when demons tremble that's when situations shift that's when cities change somebody give God a praise if you're tracking with me See, see, there are people who will never touch me. And I'm not because I'm too good. We just have too many people. We have too many campuses. There are people who will never touch me. That they'll never know me in the community. But listen to this. 
Whether you know it or not, you are absorbing something today. Whether you know it or not, you are giving something today. Whether you know it or not, it's coming on me and flowing on you. 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 I'm the Holy Ghost guy. I said, it's coming on me and it's flowing on you. And when you leave here, baby, you are sloshing with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody who wants to take it out of this room, give God a praise right now. Oozing, that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna ooze, slosh. It starts here, but it gets more powerful here. See, the enemy is not afraid if it starts here and stays here, but when it gets here, and then we go from every part, we go all over this state, we take this anointing, that's when we can shift a culture and change a city. But watch this. The anointing gathered at the lowest part of the garment, and the Lord began to speak to me. Ugh, was so powerful to me, because the anointing gathers at the hem. And I began to understand, the lower I go, the more anointing I receive. And some of you have been in some low seasons. Some of you have been in some low situations. Some of y'all had some low problems and some low attacks. But I came here to tell you today, the enemy thought he was going to destroy you. He thought he would release destruction on your life. But God brought me here this morning to declare to you at your lowest point, you've been receiving your greatest anointing. Mm. I've realized in my most heartbreaking times, at my lowest times, at the times when I thought I was not going to make it, right then and right there, God was pouring something in my life. And I didn't like being where I was down here. I didn't like the low point, but I wasn't ready for the high point. So God said, I'm preparing you now in this low season so that when you get up here and you're walking in that anointing, all you'll be able to say, is look what the Lord has done. Give God praise. I want somebody who's had some low issues and some low problems and you feel like you've been in a low season, but you declaring that in that low season, I'm getting my best anointing. One, two, three, give God a praise right now. I'm gonna sing like never. I'm gonna preach like never. I'm gonna write like never. I'm gonna minister like never because I got something that I've been through that has prepared me. And now I got something different that I flow with. Huh. I didn't like it, but I thank God for it. I didn't want it, but I thank God for it because now I'm at a whole nother level. I'm trying to teach the word today, but it's getting all over me and I'm yelling. One, two, three, give God a praise. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to thank God for the low place right now. Thank God for the people who did you wrong. 
Thank God for those that talked about you. Thank God for those that doubted you. Because now you got something and you found out who your source was. The lower I go, the more anointing I receive. If the devil had any sense, he would leave you alone. And see, we're gonna carry this reality to every small group. We're gonna carry this reality to everywhere that we meet. That you can come through a low place and come through hard times and still see God make a way right out of no way. Now watch this. Psalms 133.3. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountain of Zion. Watch, watch, watch. For there, somebody say there. There the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. It was like the dew of Hermon, mm -hmm, Mount Hermon, the highest point in all of Israel, descending upon the Mount of Zion. Zion is actually a low mountain. If you define, if you define the word Zion, Zion means the parched place. Now ain't that a trip? Zion in the Bible always represents the presence of God. And it looks like to me that God would have chosen a mountain that had it going on. A mountain that was lush like Mount Carmel. A mountain that was high like, like Mount Moriah. Or, or a mountain that was, that was filled with dew like Mount Hermon. But he chooses, oh, raggedy dried up, parched, thirsty Zion. And he said, that's the place where I'm gonna pour my spirit out. That's the place I'm gonna make my presence known. Hear me in this room. See, God ain't gonna do nothing for you if you feel like you got it going on. But if you say, God, I need your presence. I'm thirsty, I'm a parched place. God will set up camp right over your life and he will do for you what you cannot do for yourself in his presence. Now check this out. Zion is this raggedy mountain, but I, and I feel almost disrespectful to talk about it like that because I've been right there so many times and I'm going to get in February, I'd love to take you with me. But it's a very parched and dry piece of land. And you got a Herman up here and Herman is lush and then it's, it flows with dew. But check this out, Zion couldn't make any dew. So Zion didn't get dew, Zion got residue. Somebody say residue. See, because Zion was connected to Herman, Zion enjoyed the residue of what it could not provide for itself. Some of you are gonna, in this next season, you're gonna be blessed by the residue of right relationships and association. Your life has been like Zion, but you're about to connect to a Herman. Uh, see, some of y'all have had the residue of wrong relationships. Oh, I'm gonna jump in the front row and amen myself. You, you, you've been hanging out with people that have been bringing you down. You, you've been hanging out with shopaholics and then wondering why you broke as a convict. Can I get a witness in the house? 
You, 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 you married and been hanging out with all these single women and these single women are telling you they ain't a good man in the world and they, not one of them got a man and they're being your life coach and then you're wondering why your marriage preach Pastor Rayleigh. You got the residue of wrong relationships. Some of you have been connected to people that have been bringing you down and some of those people God's going to disconnect you from and you can't trip when it happens because they they, they, mm. they are not producing residue. They're producing another kind of do. Come on. That, that. You ain't been getting do. You've been getting the do with another do on it. Come on. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm country. I never know when it's going to hit. And it hit me in first service. And it hit me again right here. Some of y'all have been hanging out in crappy relationships with crappy people who are bringing you down. But God said you got to love them. You got to believe for them. But you got to shake that off. And you got to connect with people who want to go where you're going and where I'm taking you. If you don't like that, my email address is pastorjosh at calvaryfl.com. Residue. Zion could not make its own due, so it got residue. And sometimes you gotta connect with people who have the residue, who have the due that can provide your residue. Because there's people in this church that would be happy to provide some residue in your life. Can I go down a, strong, a little side street for a minute? Do actually collects at night. And some of you have been in a night season. It do doesn't collect in the morning. It collects at night. But it manifests in the morning. And sometimes you need to connect with people who have made it through a night season, who has come through something. Is there anybody who's come through anything? Make a little noise if that's you. See, it's in your night season that you begin to collect the dew. It's in your night season that God is preparing you. See, the truth is we look at people and think that everything is perfect. We look at people and think that nobody is struggling. We look at their Instagram life and their Facebook life and you don't see the reality of what they're going through. But hear me in this house today. Everybody goes through trouble. Everybody has night seasons, including me. If you knew what I faced in the last 24 hours relative to my own mom, every distraction that the enemy could bring against me in the last 24 hours, it has been a monumental attack. But let me tell you what I know. I know that in the night season, I'm collecting dew and I'll be able to use that to bless somebody else in the next season. Hear me in this house. Some of you have been in a night season. Can I do it, Lord? I feel it in my spirit. But the Lord said prophesy. The Lord said prophesy that your night season is coming to an end. That everything you've been through, God's gonna take you out of it. And in 2018, get ready, get ready. Get ready to be used like you've never been used before. Come on, give God a praise if you're ready. In this next season, I declare that you're gonna be blessed by the residue of right relationships and association. There are critical relationships that are coming into your life and they're coming, Pastor Troy, in small groups. 
They're coming. There's people in this church. You're going to connect to each other, and you're going to go higher, and God's going to use you. So here's what I want you to do in 2018. Wash off the residue of wrong relationships and connect with people you can go higher with. Make a little noise if you're ready to connect with people you can go higher with. So see, here's the deal. Zion could not make do on its own. It had to connect to Herman in order to make it. And some of y'all need to find a Herman. Single lady said, where he at, Lord? <laughs> I'll take Herman. I'll take Alonzo. Come on. I'll take, where he at? Let, let me connect. I'll connect him. Some of y'all need to find a Herman or a Melissa or a Lisa or a Josh or a Troy. Come on, somebody. And connect us because there's people in this room who will happily share their due with you and it will become residue in your life. See, here's the reality. I need to prophesy and declare over you that your night season again is about to end. Galatians 6, 9, watch this. Do not grow weary while doing good for in due season. Somebody say due season. Somebody shout due season. In D-U-E, due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In 2018, you will connect to the right people. And I want you to make this confession. Raise up your hand. And I want you to shout this out, say, in 2018, I will have due season. D-E-W, say, I will have due season in my due season. If that's you, give God a shout in the room. It's my season of refreshing. It's my season of the next level. It's my due season. See, I need, I need leaders to rise up in this room. I need, I need leaders that will lead in our community. You say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not qualified. Come on. I don't have my PhD. You know what that is? Pentecostal hairdo. Y'all told y'all that. I didn't, I didn't graduate cemetery. I mean seminary. I went to seminary and learned how to say God. I just thought he was God, but when I went to cemetery, seminary, I learned he was God, God. Hallelujah. See, when you go to... When you go to the right school, you learn how to say hallelujah. Don't you get tired of that? Don't you get tired of all that stinking religion? See, here's the deal. You're not in the position to lead because you've been to the best schools or because you have the best education. You're, you're qualified to lead because of what you've been through. You are a living witness that you can survive disaster. You are a living witness that you can make it when your son is going crazy. When you don't understand why your daughter is acting out. You can, you, you, you're a living witness that you can live through divorce and financial problems and crazy times. and Betrayal and hurt and heartache and death and sickness. 
You are a living witness. You are a living witness that you can come back after failure. You are a living witness that you can jack it all up and God will pick it all up and put it back together again. Your night season has qualified you. The hell that you've been through is gonna bring heaven to somebody else's life. So often what we do, you know, we wanna be cute about it. We don't wanna be real about it and let people know. It ain't all been good. Let me go down a side street. I need to close in two minutes and 34 seconds, but tell your neighbor it ain't happening. If you want to leave, you go ahead and leave. And we got somebody with a BB gun. They're going to shoot you on the way out there. In, in. My, my trouble qualified me. My failure, my struggle. Being told most every day of my life, you're worthless, you're sorry, you'll never amount to nothing. Made me a dad who tells my children every day, you are precious and there's nothing you can't do. The abuse that I went through made me a better man, a better preacher, a better dad, a better husband. Jesus appeared before his disciples and the Bible said he showed them his wounds and then they were glad it sounds crazy doesn't it but there was something about him showing his wounds that said my God to every disciple if he can come back from this he can do anything <laughs> hallelujah I don't, want these, I don't want these cute, small groups. I don't want to be a plastic preacher who stands up in front of you and tells you that it's all grits and gravy all the time. I want to tell you that sometimes the greatest favor you can do to someone is show them your wounds. Don't hide your wounds. Show them what you came out of. Show them how good God has been to you. Show him that he's a way maker. You sit down on a job and you fill out an application. You don't want to put your failures in there. You don't want to put your shortcomings in there because they won't hire you and they can't use you. But the very things that you failed at, the very things that you've struggled at, that qualifies you to be used in the next season. There's a leader, a small group leader, a world changer in you. So here it is, and I close. The Bible said it is like the dude that came from the mountain of Hermon and went on Zion, the parched place, for there, somebody say there. For there, somebody say there. For there, somebody shout there. There, where reverent, there. Where, there, where, there, where, there. 
that place where Zion and Hermon connected, that place of connection, that place where Judah connected with the other tribes, that place where people got together. God said, that is the place. I'm going to command my blessing right there. And I want to tell you, it's been prophesied just these last two weeks that this church and everything connected to it is about to step into a blessing. Is there anybody here ready to step into a blessed season? Stand up and give God a shout right now. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, you can just stand there, but I gotta give God praise. This is my there. This is my there. Calvary is my there. This house, this anointing, this is my there. This church is about to move into a season of breakthrough like we've never seen. 5,000 people in small groups. Come on, make a little noise if you believe with Pastor today. But I can't do it without you. What you've been through qualifies you and maybe in the first sessions, you're not a leader. Maybe you just join a small group. But I need everybody to connect. We've got a city to win. We've got a region to win. We've got a world to win. Make a little noise if you're going to help me in the next season. Come on. I said make a little noise if you're going to help us. We're going to see it in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you feel kind of like Zion. You feel like you've been in a parched place. Maybe you're not where you need to be with the Lord. Maybe there's things that alienate you from him, separate you from him, keep you from him. In this message today, I've talked all about small groups. I've talked all about how you need to plug in and I, I want you to, precious, I need you to. But before you can really go to the next level, things have to be right between you and Jesus. It don't matter. If it's right everywhere else, if it's wrong there, that's the struggle. Maybe you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, man, and I feel like I'm, I'm in that night season there. But I think it's because there's things that keep me from God because I'm alienated from him. And when you pray, Pastor, pray for me with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Ready? Just pray for me, Pastor. I know you, I know you pray. And, and, and at the end of 2017, going into 2018, I need to get some stuff under the blood. I need to get right with the Lord. And when you pray, Pastor, pray for me. If that's you, when I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? One, pray for me, Pastor. Come on all the way in the balcony. Two, remember me, Pastor. Three, slip your hand up right now. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Man, hands in every section. Hands way out back in the balcony. Glory to God. Hold that hand up. Hold that hand up. I want everybody in the room to take your hand and place it on your heart right now. Pastor Troy's going to come. I want you to look at me right in the eyes. Look at me right in the eyes. I love each and every one of you. It is a great honor. stand before people and preach this word. 
I want you to be connected. I don't want our church to be full of strangers. I want our church to be full of love. And we can't just do it in this building. Pastor Troy, we can't just do it in this building. That's why these small groups are critical. That's why I need you to become a part. That's why this whole area, listen, people will join your small group that don't, won't, don't even come to Calvary. That's cool. Because there's people who will come to your group who will never come to Calvary. But when they come to your group, they'll say, well, wait a minute. They're not as weird as they thought they were. I'll, they all come to Calvary. I need your help. I need your help. You people that have your hand on your heart, raise your other hand because we're about to give everything to the Lord right now. Now tonight, come celebrate Christmas with me. Let's drink some hot chocolate together because I need hot chocolate after I eat fried chicken. I really do. I really do. Hand on your heart. Pastor Troy, will you come and pray? Pray this prayer with everybody. And all of my guests, I want to meet you in the back. Come on up, buddy. All right. Hand on your heart. We're going to pray, but don't leave after because I want to tell you something real quick. But right now, as you got your hands over your heart, just repeat after me. So, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for the things that I've done wrong or against you. Teach me. Help me to serve you the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. Amen. All right. Stay right where you are. Pastor Rayleigh right now is going out back. He's going in, out this door to the left. There's a room there. It's the guest information room. If you are our guest today, we're going to ask you to stop by if you could. Take a second. Shake his hand. Our staff will be there as well to answer any questions you have. If you'll just take a minute to do that. We also want to remind you about tonight. It's, man, it's going to be powerful. You don't want to miss it. Uh, David and Nicole Binion that, had, that were here singing, they're going to be here tonight as well. But they have CDs and, and, and product in the back. If you want to stop by and look at that, I'm sure you'll be really blessed by it. Like I said, the song that you heard, there's many songs that maybe you don't even realize that they wrote will be on those albums as well. You can stop by and get those. So, Father, right now, God, we pray that you would touch your people. God, that you would bless them. God, I pray you make a way for everybody here to get back tonight because we don't want them or their family to miss what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.